It's the big one. The Sky Half Price Sale is here. Choose from award-winning Sky TV and everything on Netflix or unmissable sports with every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports all half price. Take Sky Cinema and watch the biggest blockbusters or grab Sky Broadband Ultrafast for lightning fast speeds. Choose one that suits you. They're all half price for six months. Save big in the Sky Half Price Sale. Search Sky Half Price. Availability subject to location, TV and broadband products sold separately. For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speed. Setup fees, min terms and further terms apply. Offer ends 2nd of September. What would you do if you're a witness to a secret? A really horrible secret. One which included kidnapping, death and exile. What if you knew those in power also knew of the secret, but nobody else? What if you were one of a handful of people outside of the elite circles who knew it? Would you take the information and bury it in your mind, hoping one day it would go away? Or would you step up and act? It's the life of man from Dublin which answers these questions for us. This is his story. In Dublin, in 1889, a child was born. His name was Frank Duff. Frank was the eldest of seven children, born to John and Susan Duff. Frank's family experienced a different side of Ireland to what a large portion of the Catholics had lived through. He was not bound by the shackles of poverty, nor was he exiled from education. Frank was born into a wealthy family, and from the day he was born, he witnessed door after door open on his path through life. He attended the fee-paying Blackrock College where he enjoyed the finer things of life with the other fancy boys of Catholic Dublin. When Frank's schooling ended, he was forced to do as the adults do and sell the time he had on earth in exchange for a salary. His first job after school was in the civil service and he was assigned to the Irish Land Commission the state's rent-fixing commission, the state at the time being the one to the east of Ireland where the people are recognised as subjects owned by lords, ladies and crowns. After being in the role for six years, Frank sought a change in career for the sake of variety and joined the Society of St Vincent de Paul. It was here he experienced Dublin in the early 20th century for the first time. This is a world far from the blazers in the schoolyard. He saw lives spent in tenement squalor. He witnessed the only food someone received for the day would be whatever was being dished out by the soup kitchens. Those who lined up for their meal each day came from the edges of life. They only knew of deep poverty. They were those abused by alcohol who are condemned for illness. They are those forced into prostitution and crime in order to keep the rain off their brows. Frank became deeply involved in the society once he saw the lives of the others in the city. 
He soon rose to become the president of the St. Patrick's Conference in St. Nicholas of Myra Parish. He was very tremendously concerned for the people. He saw them as materially and spiritually deprived. He heard rumours of the Protestant soup kitchens politicising the struggles of the poor. He learned they were offering food and shelter to the poor Catholics of Dublin on the condition they do not attend Catholic services in the city. This was a tactic that worked for some during the famine times. Furious, Frank began to picket those lines, telling them that food was available in the Catholic soup kitchens he was involved in, conditionless. Frank, being a man of religion, was horrified that those claiming to be Christian would not put out their hands to offer help without seeking again. He wrote a series of papers asking, can we be saints? Frank's ability to be human brought him to the attention of the Irish rebels planning to free Ireland from the tyranny of the crown and he briefly acted as the private secretary to Michael Collins before his death at Bail Law. After the War of Independence and the Civil War, as Ireland lay in ruins, waiting to arise like Lazarus, Frank joined the Department of Finance as a means of being able to encourage aid to the poor. In 1930, whilst being part of the Department of Finance, Frank discovered a secret Ireland keeps locked away in dark boxes still to today. Frank discovered homes set up by the state and church to remove the unmarried pregnant women from view of society. The mother and baby homes were no more of a home than the lakes of hell. The mother and baby homes were essentially prisons for women who had made human decisions. To have sex out of wedlock was punishable by banishment. To become pregnant out of wedlock was a dead sentence, although you got to continue breathing. The punishment for this crime was exclusively reserved for women. How could a man be punished? He was lured into sin by a woman. A convenient excuse for men in power whose souls could no longer be saved. The women who became pregnant were reported to the state by friends, neighbours and even family. To have one of these vile women in your home was a great disgrace for the whole family and the wider parish. Once taken, you were just gone. Often, the story was you had gone to England. High walls, the seal of God and political cowardness led to millions on the island not knowing of their existence. The church and state lay together and planned the banishment of women. It was not only the women who were punished, the children, being born through sin, must also pay a cost. Some were sold to wealthy families in America. Some were used for medical experiments. And the innocent, sinless bodies of some lay today in septic tanks around our island. Each of the stories of these women and children deserve to be shared as the state continues to hide their lives.
For now, I pause their story. But fret not, I'll return to it later in the series. A short few paragraphs does not do justice to what those in power, voted in by the people, chose to do with that power. Chose to. Frank, having discovered the secret, took a humane approach to life. He chose to set up the Legion of Mary, a group dedicated to the protection of the poor. It was in this group Frank founded a hostel in Dublin City called Regina Colloy in 1930. Here, Frank and a group of very brave women, fearing being shunned by society, cared for the women who became pregnant and protected them from the state. To help, not stigmatise, was their aim. To be human. As the state looked to separate the babies from their mothers, Frank fought to ensure this would not happen to anyone under his care. When the doors to the hospital opened, the state imprisoned 1,000 women, and in its first week, Frank saved 15 women and housed them safely. He arranged for the nearby Coombe Hospital staff to help with the medical care of women and to help with the delivery of their babies, often risking their own jobs to do so. As the hostel grew, they raised money to set up apartments for the women so they could get back on their feet and be human again. In 1953, over 100 women lived under the care of Frank Duff, safely. The Legion of Mary and the ideas of Frank spread across the world. Today, it is over 4 million members in over 200 countries. After saving countless women, in 1980, Frank went to meet St. Peter at the gates of heaven. I was not there. I cannot tell you what happened. But should the stories be true, and the saints, gods and gates be real, I can assure you, Frank Duff did not find the gates closed. Today's music was written, performed and produced by Ryan O'Halloran. The story was researched and scripted by myself, Oren. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help support the podcast, you can buy us a coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com slash We The Irish. We The Irish is an Ireland Us production. Oren is Anam Dum. Gurv Slow